0: Future proof extra from News Talk Now if you've ever been unfortunate to be in a car crash or a near death experience, how was your perception of time changed? Because it's a common report that people when they're flying through the air with bits of glass all around them as they're thrown to the pavement, can remember logos, remember what they had for lunch and and, and seem to recall all manner of intense detail. In the brief second that they're in the air before crash they hit the ground is this real and how does our perception of time change in extreme environments well uh, mark whitman is research fellow at the institute for frontier areas in psychology and mental health in freiburg he's also author of altered states of consciousness experience out of time and self he joins me now welcome to the program mark how are you
1: hello i am good
0: it sounds quite a trippy um book And actually, in some ways, I suppose it is because you you do deal with drugs and its effect on our sense of time. But uh, tell us a little bit about what what is the book about? What are you trying to explore?
1: Yeah, uh, so I'm interested in consciousness research. And um, so one, I think, very efficient way to understand what consciousness is, self-consciousness, is to go to, let's say, frontier areas of non-ordinary waking state consciousness uh, where things dramatically change. Right, and If we understand uh, these really great, interesting changes uh, phenomenologically, so from your introspection, from what happens in the brain while you're having these experiences, we will learn a lot about consciousness. We might even be able then to understand this, what we call miracle of consciousness. And uh, that's why I'm doing this research.
0: So, so when you say extreme forms of consciousness, what, what do you mean?
1: Yeah, so uh, you you mentioned this case of slow motion effect. Huh? People have an accident. I also had this once in a near car crash. Oh, did you? And yeah. So, but that's. I, I talk to a lot of people who, after my talks, they come to me and say, "Oh, I also had this with a bike accident." Even my father once, uh, because he knows what what I'm working on, told me why he was tripping, falling down. He's an elderly man now, falling down. He. Onto the ground, just falling onto the ground, because he stumbled, he had this uh, slow motion effect. So it is actually quite common. Mm. uh, And um, uh, how you may explain this is that you are in some sort of uh, fight and flight mode because it could be a very uh, damaging situation, a car crash. Or if you're in a fight, what your body has to do is being in a totally alert mode and totally quick, quick and responsive. So your inner organism, the processes speed up and then relative to this inner speeding up, the outer world slows down. And that would be one explanation of why we have this slow motion effect, because then you can react quicker and uh, relative to your quicker reaction to the environment, the outer world slows down.
0: What other extreme environments do we see a, an altered state of, of time perception?
1: I mean, uh, what people from the 1960s and 70s, of course, know is sort of like psychedelic induced states, yeah? uh, which you can get through magic mushrooms, um, through LSD uh, nowadays. Also, there's a cult surrounding this with uh, a drug like ayahuasca, um, where you get into very strong um, altered states of consciousness, where you lose your sense of self and time. So this is the topic of my book. In all these, and we can talk about other areas of other states of consciousness, uh, where time and self changes dramatically. And I want to understand why do these belong together, self and time, and I can give some explanations. And uh, let's say since the 1990s or so, people have, are doing basic research in actually giving people, healthy people, they are screened um, beforehand so they have no other psychiatric comorbidity, um, to get them to induce, to get give them psilocybin, LSD, ayahuasca, and then, for example, push them into the scanners and see how the brain reacts to, to these drugs and what we can learn from this in relation to altered states of consciousness.
0: So what, what, you give someone some mushrooms and put them in a the machine and then get them to count um, seconds or guess how long a minute is?
1: Um, no, what you uh, can do is, first, first of all, you can... After the say the impressions, the the effect fades out slowly, you can give them questionnaires, doing interviews. What did you experience? Right. And then you relate these experiences to what happened in the brain. And then you have basically you could say correlations of what's happening in the brain and what people report as their experiences. If you
0: if you had if you gave LSD to someone and asked them to guess how long a minute was, would they would they be bad at that?
1: Uh, it depends it depends on the dose and also um uh, let 's say dose dependence is probably the most important and what they actually experience so they could time could be very variable at, for some say minutes in objective time it could expand totally that they feel it is an ocean and never ending ocean time yeah it 's totally expanding, and then at other times at peak experiences they they might say. There is no time at all. And this is the most important, or the most interesting thing, uh, that they say there is no time, yeah. or time has no meaning, which we actually, in, or, in our ordinary day consciousness, don't understand, because we're always thinking in time, uh, and uh, having time experiences, but they say there is no time. And the interesting thing is, of course, then to correlate this with brain um, activation, but also to compare this with other states of consciousness, where people, for example, very experienced meditators, or people who have a mystical experience, they also report that there is no time, there is no self, or they are one with the universe. Well,
0: but isn't that a metaphor rather than them actually thinking there is no time? Because I'm, I'm imagining, you know, if, you, if you're you asking someone who's just taken LSD, for example, you know, how long 60 seconds is, and they cup your face and say there is no time. That doesn't mean that they actually think there is no time. It's not like their idea of time just gets blown apart, or is it?
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's what people report. So, so that's what people who have real, these, these peak experiences uh, report. And this, but this is, let's say, a universal experience. So I wouldn't doubt, doubt it necessarily because, uh, this is, let's say, general experience people have in different cultures, in, in different experiences over the globe at all times and have reported this. Right. This could be mystical experiences of, um, monks, Catholic monks, yeah, in, uh, while they're, um, in a monastery or somewhere alone, um, for hours in, in a closed room. And you have this the old Greek people report this, uh, in, as their experiences, um, in, in, in temples when they did their rites. So you find this again and again.
0: So, um, why look at concept of time in, in these environments? Like what, I, I mean, not to be blunt, but what use is, looking at time, for example.
1: Oh yeah, well, get it back to, let's say, more everyday, ordinary um, time consciousness. One understands it perhaps a little bit better, yeah, because everyone experiences it, yeah? Mm. And as I said, time consciousness and self-consciousness are very much related to each other. Right. So if you want to answer the question of what is consciousness, we also have to know what is time consciousness. So How are they related just, to each other? Yeah, exactly. So in everyday Experience. You're waiting for the bus, which is not coming. Yeah. Yeah. You're waiting and waiting. What happens? You're relating to yourself. You're experiencing yourself. That's a classic thing of boredom. And what does it mean? You're experiencing yourself, your bodily self. Maybe you're cold, you're feeling bored, and time expands totally. But now imagine you're standing there at the bus stop, chatting with a good friend. And you're just chatting away the time. You're not even realizing the time is passing. You're not even realizing yourself, your bodily self. So again, there you see time and self are both co-modulated with each other. So it either is totally, totally, you're totally self-aware, and time passes very slowly, or you're not feeling yourself and there's no subjective time. So you see, even in ordinary waking consciousness, time and self fluctuate with with each other. So, so studying how time is implemented in the brain will lead to the answer of how consciousness arises.
0: Okay. So um, going back then to our subject, who says there is no time, are they also saying there is no self?
1: Yes, exactly. So these are the correlations. So if you uh, have people in peak experience, what they report is. I don't feel time, I don't feel myself, I don't feel a bodily self, and also the other one, this more mystical experience, I feel one with the world. Yeah? So these are actually the three answers people regularly give, hmm. which are <clears throat> correlated. So. Oh, and you can even, uh, look at uh, brain research, recent brain research from my colleagues in Zurich, um, have uh, revealed that a certain area in the brain, the insular cortex, is some sort of deactivated or decoupled from the rest of the brain. And what the insular cortex does is basically it's, it's about interception, about your bodily signals accumulating in the brain. And so that you feel yourself, you feel heat, pain, cold, a tickle, and so on. And with this and I have I have shown that time perception is related to the insular cortex. So time perception could be really related to your bodily self activity. And now in LSD induced states, the insular is decoupled, deactivated from other activation. So this could show, OK, in these states, suddenly insular activity building up the representation of body self and time isn't integrated into, into all the other processes, so there is maybe there is the answer of why we don't feel time and the self. So this is these a good example of uh, how this research with altered states of consciousness on self-consciousness, body feelings, and time consciousness tell us about the processes underlying consciousness, and so we are more step-by-step uh, coming closer to answers, real answers to what con- how consciousness arises so
0: um if someone is suffering a, a mental condition um, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, perhaps they are depressed or they they don 't feel themselves so there's uh, some conditions where people feel uh, that that their body isn 't there, for example, body integrity disorder. And there are lots of different types of conditions where people don't feel who they are, whether it's through sadness yeah. or through something slightly more unusual. And is, the, is 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 there a route to therapy for these people, you think, in some way through LSD or uh, mushrooms to, to sort of synchronize time in, in their present state?
1: Yeah, so this is uh, all starting now in, in different locations in the U.S., in really? Barcelona, in Switzerland, in England... Um, so that you have for certain psychiatric disorders, uh, people are giving in a psychiatric, psychotherapeutic context uh, psychedelics. Because it's at the moment they're doing this with, for example, a patient with depression where other means psychopharmacological uh, inductions or for psychotherapy or meditation haven't worked. And then Actually, the psychiatrists are allowed in these special patients to give psychedelics, but in the safe context context of the hospital. Mm. And what they're showing is indeed very strong effects that um, the symptoms of depression go down, right. very strongly mm-hmm. go down. Huh? And also another uh, um, line of research is with terminal ill patients who fear anxiety, death anxiety and are depressed. Again, with these in this psychotherapeutic context, through um, giving them psychedelics, also their death anxiety goes down. Uh So which could be related to um, this idea that if you feel more connected to the world, one with the world, also your well-being goes up. Uh And this is then counter-inducing all the depressive and anxiety symptoms.
0: I was listening to Darren Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a sort of a mentalist and a hypnotist. And he was saying that, you know, we're, we're getting rid of all these types of anxieties in our lives. And actually, anxieties are a really important part of our, our existence. And, and and this is with the full knowledge of um, the, the suffering and pain and sadness that leaks out not just from someone who's dying, but also from the people around them. I mean, do, do we know what the effect of removing death anxiety from someone who is going to die, what, what sort of effect that has on them? Um, is, is anxiety not useful in in some circumstances, or 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 is it always a bad thing?
1: No, no, no. Of course not. I'm not. I'm not saying we don't need any pain. Uh, I think, of course, we know we need pain because then we avoid um, some sort of being cut, yeah. Or, and so um, the same thing applies to your question. Yeah, we're do, using this in therapeutic doses doses for people who really have extreme uh, problems right. with depression. Extreme problems with death and and death and anxiety. So in these people, we need me and nothing else else helps. No psychotherapy. And in these extreme cases, we can give um, these therapeutic doses to help these people. I mean, that's that's uh, an important thing. Uh, You you need uh, let's say your in your existence in your. human condition you have to face the miseries that come with you with life because then you're able to learn to cope with them to be a strong person yeah to have character you also have to be you have to fall down on your face and stand up again and you have to experience these things yeah but in a as i said in a psychotherapeutic context there are certain indications where people cannot be helped otherwise, and then it's a good thing.
0: And I just want to end on this question because I, I, I fully support the use of a, a, any sort of measures, whether it's an, a, a so, so-called illegal or banned drug um, in, the, in the public is of zero consequence to me if it's going to make someone feel better, help their treatment. Uh, but I do have a question about giving psychedelics and, and and mushrooms to people in a hospital environment. And I'm wondering, um in, in order to avoid a bad experience are these people given uh, a pleasant sensory environment with which to um to, to experience these feelings or is it you know i can't imagine a worse thing than to be taking some sort of um psychedelic drug uh, while strapped to a chair in a you know a halogen light buzzing a fluorescent light buzzing hospital room, with, surrounded by medical staff. Like that's the worst trip ever in my mind. Like, do, do these people get to to trip in a pleasant environment?
1: I mean, that's that's how it is, of course, uh, being done. I mean, um, as I said, it's in a psychotherapeutic context. So people are first screened for any psychiatric comorbidity. Yeah, if they have some, if they had some, let's say, schizophrenic uh, problems in the past, and so on. Yeah, at yeah. the moment, yeah? um, people would let's say probably screened out. So at this very beginning, we have to really see this is the very beginning of systematic studies on this. So we don't know how far this gets and how really efficient this can be in a broader context. But at the moment is exactly uh, what's happening. So they would be in the psychotherapeutic context and they would, would talk to psychotherapists in and again and again. And then, for example, I can give you an example, when they for the first time take a pill They lie down in a bed. They're accompanied by two of the psychotherapists they now know over the course of weeks. They're allowed to bring their favorite calming music with them. These psychotherapists are with them during their trip, if you want. And in these cases, basically, uh, it's very, very rare that you get really bad trips. That's good know? to
0: hear. Well, I mean, I mean I, it just, you know, it's just something I wonder, do the medical, uh, the medical people consider that element of, of the experience? But it's good to hear that that, that is sort of brought into it. Mark Whitman, um, uh, author of Altered States of Consciousness, Experience Out of Time and Self. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>